Marriage is both complex and beautiful. It requires work to maintain and can be both the source of our greatest joy or our deepest pain. And it's up to both parties to do their part in making it successful. Many of us could give a list of reasons why our marriage shouldn't work. I know Tim and I could. But with God, hard work, and humility, we have now actually enjoyed 25 years of marriage. And you can too. Today, we're talking marriage. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome to Walking on Water, where our focus is to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. What's the storm in your life? I'll never say that it's easy, but Jesus changes our perspective. He gives us courage to do life differently, to throw off the victim mentality that threatens to drown us in our pain, and he gives us the tools we need to live a victorious life. I'm your host, Lynette Carpenter. Let's discover more about the power-filled, faith-filled life Jesus invites us to live. Hi there. We just survived a crazy busy week with VBS at our church. And so this past week, I've been taking a couple days to just recover and recuperate. I get the privilege to head up our registration team. So we get to work together to organize both the kids and all the volunteers. So I have helped with the registration team from the very beginning, from the very time, first year. Our church hosted VBS back in 2008, and it has been so fun to watch how it has grown through the years, not only with the kids, but also with the volunteers and the many ways that people serve behind the scenes. Besides registration, we have people who work in security and media, and there's a medical team, behavior, uh, music, and decorating. We even have a team that makes meals for the volunteers and their families that they get to eat before VBS starts. And then, of course, there's all the teachers and the crew leaders. And so all in all, it's a lot of work and a great way to build relationships and get to know one another better. So I had to throw that in there because if you are not part of a local church, get plugged into one. I know that church can be hard. I get that. But don't let past hurts or offenses keep you from experiencing the blessing of being part of a church family. Even more, don't let hurts or offenses keep you from knowing God more intimately. That's one of the devil's biggest goals is to bring division and separation. So don't let him win. I want to jump back into the subject of marriage today. Marriage is one of the greatest gifts you can experience in life. And along with that, it can also be one of the greatest sources of pain as well, which is why we need to work to maintain our relationships with our spouse. I know that oftentimes people who know Tim and I personally look at our marriage and what we have and automatically assume that we're lucky or that it's been easy. And I'm just here to tell you that that is the furthest thing from the truth. We have had more than our share of struggles and situations that have come our way um, throughout our marriage. Don't assume that something's easy just because of what you see on the surface. What we have today was fought for, was prayed for, and it is only by the grace of God that we are where we are at today. So I say that to give you hope that as hopeless or as 
painful as your situation is, there is hope. I promise you, you can get through anything. We have come through some really hard things in the past. And we have a marriage today that is, I already said it last week, the best one that I know of. (laughs) And I wouldn't want anyone else's. So today I want to give a list of 15 practical things you can do and should do to keep your marriage strong and healthy. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, but it's a list that of ideas that have helped Tim and I in our marriage through the years. So with 15, that means we got to get jumping right into this. So let's get started. First one, pray for each other and pray together. I cannot stress this one enough. If you don't pray together now, you should start. Inviting the presence of the Holy Spirit into our marriages only makes sense, right? When we are filled with his peace, his power, and his presence, it changes what we say and do, and it will eliminate a lot of stupid words and actions. Now, if your husband doesn't want to pray with you, then pray for him. I said last week that you are his wife, not his mom, but you are also not his Holy Spirit. So pray and let God do the convicting Now, if you're a couple that agrees, yes, we want to pray together, but it's awkward, not something we've ever done before, just jump in. Like it's really, it's the whole thought behind it that keeps us from being willing to jump in and do it. It doesn't have to be awkward and strange. Like just make it become a part of who you are together. Just grab each other's hands, bow your heads, close your eyes. It'll make you maybe feel a little less awkward and just begin to talk to God together. It really is a very beautiful and powerful thing that you can bring into your marriage. Number two, find a mentor couple. So look around. Do you see another couple that has a family and marriage that you admire? Get to know them right? It's like within business. If you want to get to a certain level of success, you surround yourself with people who have reached that success so that you too can learn how to have that kind of success. So do this with your marriage. Find out this mentor couple's secret like to how they have a successful marriage. I will insert here though that things are not always as they seem. So don't be disappointed if the first couple you try to connect with ends up not working out. Don't let it disillusion you and think that everything is fake. But work to find a couple that genuinely has a good marriage and then invite them out for a meal or invite them to your home for a meal and then just pepper them with questions and listen to what they have to say. Ask how their marriage is and what they do that makes it work or areas of struggle or areas of regret. And then we can learn so much from others when we're willing to put ourselves out there and just ask for advice. Now I say all these, I say all that sounding like you and your spouse are going to be on the same page to find a mentor couple. If your spouse is not on board with this, find a woman. If that has a marriage like you admire, and then just begin to sit with her. Start off just fixing you, changing you, doing what you can do, and um, pray that the Lord will begin to bring your spouse along with you on this journey as well. Okay, another thing that is so good, this is, so first of all, we had pray for each other and pray together. And then the second one, find a mentor couple. Third, you ready to write this down? Mentor a younger couple. Now, again, if your spouse isn't on board with this, you can find a young woman who is at an earlier stage of life than where you are, whether she's dating, not dating, or in a marriage that's younger than yours. Pour yourself into other people. Yes, 
I know you might be thinking, I have nothing to offer others. But one of the best ways to gain insight into our own lives is by reaching out and helping others, right? Think about it. We gain a different perspective when we hear the life experiences of others. So a little bit of advice that I need to throw in here. (laughs) Don't take on someone else's fight. So when we were first taught this years ago, I thought, (laughs) nothing to it. I mean, it's not even going to be a temptation, right? I'm not going to take on somebody else's argument. That's just dumb. Oh my goodness. Wow. Did I find out how wrong I was? (laughs) Tim and I were meeting with a young couple and they shared their story of a struggle that they were dealing with. And it had nothing, nothing to do with us. But as we talked about their situation on our way home, Tim and I came down in very different places, and suddenly it was a pretty big deal to both of us. I was so violated that he didn't agree with me, and he was completely blown away that I didn't agree with him. And you know what? To this day, we still do not, we still don't agree on that particular situation. But guess what? We don't have to. Why? Because I'm right. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. It's because it's their situation. It's not ours. And since what they faced didn't happen to us, there is no point in arguing the case for either side, right? It's just going to put us in a place of division if we do that. So there you go. Mentor another couple. You'll be able to learn a few things along the way. But don't take on their arguments and make them your own. All right, that's going to lead us into number four, agree to disagree. (laughs) Isn't that fun? I say it often that some things matter and some things don't. Okay, did you hear that? Some things matter, some things don't. And there are going to be plenty of things in life that you will find you don't necessarily agree on. And that is, are you ready? That's okay. You might not be as violated by your sister's life choice as your husband is. I don't have a sister, so I can say that. But letting it create a wedge between you and your husband is not worth it. Or maybe you are unimpressed by how he insists on folding towels. Maybe he doesn't insist, but on how he folds the towels. Let it go. When you are in a moment of disagreement, stop and consider this. Is it vital that you agree? Yes? Okay, then be mature and work it out. But if the answer is no, then high five each other and roll on. It is not worth the hurt to argue over something that doesn't really affect your lives. All right, five. Number five, stay current. Be quick to apologize. Here's the thing. The longer you let a wall build up between you and your husband, the bigger that distance between you will become because things just keep piling up on top of it, okay? Trust me, I hate having to apologize. But dealing with an issue while it's small is always so much easier than letting it marinate and grow. All right, that's stay current. Be quick to apologize. Number six, serve together. Serving others is so good for the soul, for your relationship. Um, Finding ways where you can serve together is 
easy. There is places everywhere that need people to come and help. You can do it in your church or there's so many places in our communities. Even if it's just an occasional day at a local ministry, you'll find that serving others while broadening your horizons and discovering the needs of others, it will also help you bond over a common goal that takes your eyes off of yourself and shifts them to helping others. So it's a way of serving other people has nothing to do with you or any, you're not going to gain from it financially or anything like that. It's strictly serving others. Number seven, schedule your arguments. <laughs> this is a game changer, okay? I know it's not easy, but make it your goal to respond, not react. There's a difference, which means you are staying in control of your actions no matter what emotions you're fighting with on the inside. Don't react, respond, okay? Sometimes this means biting your tongue and then after you've had time to collect your thoughts, ask your spouse if you can plan to sit down at an agreed upon time to take turns sharing your feelings on the matter. So the other night, Tim said something to me that I felt was completely unfair and my flesh wanted to respond with a snarky response and then I wanted to go and cry. And sometimes I will admit that's what I do. But I have learned and I'm learning still that the best response is to shut up for a hot second and think through the end game. Then I just back up the train and I make a now educated decision on what is it what it is that I'm going to say in response. Do I want to spend the rest of today not speaking to my husband? No, of course not. Living with distance and hurt hanging in the air between us is never enjoyable. And eventually you're going to have to humble yourself and make things right between you, right? So why not just knock it out sooner than later? So after taking time to gather my thoughts the other day and think through my response, I was able to tell him how his words felt from my perspective. And as I know him to be, he was able to explain how he never intended to hurt me and was able to gain a different perspective as well. I will be honest, even after that happened, I still took a little time to, you know, lick my wounds. And we did work through the situation, though, much quicker than we have in years past. Also, very important, never schedule your arguments at night. Evenings are seldom a good time to bring up hard subjects. At night, we are tired and already managing feelings from our days. And things look bigger and more complex at night. So if possible, set up a lunch date and deal with your disagreements early, earlier in the day. I know that the whole idea of scheduling your arguments sounds pretty crazy, but I promise you it will be a game changer if you can just manage your emotions and enter into a disagreement with maturity and with wisdom. Number eight, eliminate anything that comes between you when possible. Some things you can't eliminate from your life, right? (laughs) Can someone say kids or family, right? But when we can eliminate as many stressors as possible, we set ourselves up for success in our relationships. The, The thing is, this is why affairs actually seem really easy, right? There's no bills to pay, no kids to deal with, no in laws to argue over. It is it's part of the lie of telling us that this is true love be- because I'm happy and it's so easy. No, there's no weight on it. That's why it's easy. And any relationship placed under the stressors of daily life will struggle in some area. What stressors are in your life that are affecting your marriage? Write them down. Is there anything that you can eliminate, even if it's really small? 
talk it over with someone that you trust. And if it, because there's times where it's hard for us to see things from our own perspective. But if we talk through situations with someone else, they may be able to help us come up with a different plan or to see things from a different angle. Number nine, laugh together. Okay, lighten up. When is the last time that you really laughed with your husband? Like really laughed. I remember going on a date with Tim years ago when the kids were little and we decided to go see some dumb rom-com and somewhere in the middle of the movie, I realized he and I were nearly falling out of our seats, both shaking from laughter. And I think we were the only ones in the theater laughing that hard, but it felt so good. And I I thought about that, like, why are we laughing so hard? (laughs) And I realized then that in the busyness and hard things of life, it had just been a really, really long time since we'd laughed so hard. So when life gets too serious, just lighten it up. Laughter is so good for the soul. Number 10, got to keep moving here. Be trustworthy. Do I even need to say why? Marriages are built on mutual trust. So if your spouse has done things that has broken your trust, guess what? It doesn't give you a free pass to break that trust as well. You behave yourself until you see victory. That's how it works. Being trustworthy in all areas is vital to a marriage. We make our marriages a safe place for one another when we uplift and support and respect the other. And mocking and backstabbing and lying, they are all tools for destruction. If you struggle in any of those areas, invite the Holy Spirit to convict you. Yes, I said it. Welcome his correction in your life. It is a hard prayer to pray, but the results are so worth it. Being in a marriage where there is complete transparency and vulnerability can feel scary, but it is a gift when you know that you'll be loved no matter what comes your way. Number 11. Oh, this one hurts. Don't keep score. (laughs) I wanted to do this so badly the other day. I had a perfect, perfect opportunity. And I was irritated because I knew I couldn't because this podcast was coming up. (laughs) And I wanted to be able to tell you not to keep score, but give myself a free pass. But that's not how it works, right? So a situation had come up and I did not like how it had turned out. So while I was stewing over it, I had a fantastic plan for the next time the shoe would be on the other foot. But then the Holy Spirit showed up and just looked at me. You ever feel that way? Like he just walks into the kitchen, leans against the counter, and tries to look into your eyes but not say a word? That's what he did to me that day, and I didn't like that either. (laughs) I was loving the plan that I had set in place for some future situation, but God in his mercy sent conviction to get my attention and question the wisdom behind my thoughts. Friends, keeping score is never beneficial in a marriage. Stop. Don't do it. You're not married to your competitor. He is your partner, your teammate. And when he wins, you win, right? And vice versa. Look for ways to build each other up, not create more loss and disappointment and pain. Number 12, count your blessings. Do this together. Write them down. This is a great date night uh, activity. Focus on the good things in your life. Too often, it is easy to get into a habit of negative focus. So break that habit. Gratitude changes the atmosphere of your home. So don't miss out on the benefits of being grateful. Number 13, dream together. 
but never use intimacy as a means for control or manipulation when it comes to your spouse. As I said before, the enemy hates this gift from God and he tries to distort our view on sex. Ladies, if this is an area of struggle for you, help can be found. Start out by asking the Lord to give you wisdom to know what to do. God gave the gift, so why not go to the giver when you are looking for healing, wholeness, and wisdom? Last one, number 15. Go on one date a month at a minimum. Life goes by so fast. Not long ago, I felt like I was buried in babies and diapers and demands. And here I am. I'm weeks away from my third child heading out the door. Tim and I wanted to have a set date night when we were younger, but that's one thing that we did not always make happen. And if I could go back and start over, here's what I would do. Every December, I would just write out a date for each month um, for the coming year. So just getting a date reserved is the first step. If it has to be changed, then so be it. But writing it on the calendar is one step towards success. So don't overthink it or blame your budget. In fact, here you go. Here are 12 relatively cheap ideas for a date night. You ready? Movie night, hiking in a state park, floating down a river, a picnic in your bedroom or elsewhere. Make a charcuterie board. It'll be really cute. Camp, you can even do that in your backyard if you need to. Go on a scavenger hunt, have your husband show up at home and he's got his first clue, sending him to different places. Um, That's super fun. Go on a bike ride, build a snow fort or a sandcastle, depending where you live. Go to your local theater. There's always fun little events going on there and it's relatively cheap. Go on a work date. Okay, I'm married to a farmer, so some of our dates have been during harvest, sitting in the combine. I make a meal and or pick one up at Applebee's or whatever and take it out, and we just um, have our date while running the combine. Have you heard of the Goodwill date? Here's another one. You go to Goodwill, you buy each other an outfit for $10 or less, and you have to wear what your spouse gets you, and then go to dinner or go bowling or something like that. Um, it's really fun to do with other couples as well. And then for Christmas, why not just drive around and look at Christmas lights? There are so many resources available to us today. Research ideas on how to help your marriage. There are so many resources available to us today, so research it. Find ways to help your marriage. When you're looking to go on a date, before you leave, take a screenshot of some icebreakers and then ask each other those questions or or have a dad joke contest with each other. Have you ever done that? That's really fun. The ideas are out there, so just put in a little effort and find them. Take time today to take inventory of the thoughts you think towards your spouse and your marriage. If it's positive, great. Keep going. If it's mostly negative, though, stop. Figure out why that is. Eliminate those negative thoughts. And remember the verse from last week, Proverbs 14, 1. The wise woman builds her house, and with her own hands, the foolish one tears it down. Let's be women who are wise, who build up our marriages and build up our homes and give a gift to the next generation. Thank you so much for listening. Please take a moment to share this with a friend or on your social media accounts. In fact, tag me on Instagram and I'll be sure to reshare it on my stories. Also, don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss an episode. I hope that you were encouraged and inspired today. Always remember, your life has purpose, you have value, you are loved, and with Jesus, you can rise above your storm. Get out of the boat, friend. Let's walk on water.